Welcome to InterVR, the podcast where we talk about all things virtual reality. I am your host, Chris Miranda, and on today's show, I have Matthew G. from the Reddit forums, uh, the creator of Relaxation VR, Health VR, and all sorts of other apps incoming your way. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, Matt. Such a, such a pleasure to have you on. Oh, thank you for having me. Happy to be on. Thank you. Awesome. So let's start off with Relaxation VR. Where did you get the inspiration or the idea to come up with this app? So basically, um, I've been working in my workplace for almost five years now, and um, the past few years I've, you know, I've had a lot of stress, especially dealing with my boss and all that, and it's got to the point where it's actually created some health issues for me, and I've had to find a way to relax, and I haven't really been able to find any way uh, to do it, and someone on the forums a little while ago said they just wanted an experience to, you know, walk through a forest and all this stuff, so I made something quickly for them put on Reddit, and um, I actually started using that to relax, and it actually helped. So I've slowly been building it up and adding more and more experiences, more um, ways to make it you know, more interactive to, uh, for other people. It's helped me and hopefully can help other people. You know, sticking with the subject of before we head forward into virtual reality, you know, just sticking with what, what you said earlier about stress, stress is one of those things that people overlook constantly, and yet we live in a world that is just – you know, our lives is just stress. And I don't know where I, I feel like I'm, I hope I'm not pulling this out of my ass, but I feel like I read somewhere where, um, you know, perpetual stress uh, causes uh, or or accelerates the formation of cancer cells. And in essence, and oh. yeah, in essence, like, you know, people who are constantly stressed are just, you know, weakening their, their body. And, and I think there are, they are, uh, you know, epi- epigenetically modifying their own DNA to, again, might be pulling out of my ass, but it feels like I, I feel I, I, either it was a Joe Rogan podcast or somewhere I was hearing where, you know, stress is one of the contributing factors to, to cancer. And, you know, apps such as yours and things, you know, are in, you know, the initiative that you're taking in, in trying to alleviate that that pain is definitely something to commend you on so so i i want to you know you know uh, tell you that you should keep doing this because it's because it, it will be important uh for for people you know when when virtual reality is out there in the mainstream and people are like well what else can it do for me well motherfucker it could cure cancer <laughs> or not <laughs> i mean you know we've got so many issues and all that in our life and virtual reality can be done for a lot of different things like, um, you know, just so we've got games and all that, but then we've got applications like, you know, the cinema stuff. But then, you know, why don't we have some for relaxation or, you know, some way for us to basically de-stress and just, you know, be able to relax. So, you know, I'm happy to try to see if I can make some a few things here and there and hopefully it helps. Especially because not everyone lay, lives next to the coast. Not everyone lives next to the beach or next to a very a beautiful foresty area. You know, so people live. You know, some people live in urban jungles or, or shitty looking neighborhoods. And you know, it's it's not everyone that has the that has the ability to go out for a jog and, and you know enjoy themselves. So I think that you know. It, yeah, we're putting. You know, in in essence, someone might say, "Well, you're just putting a." Uh, a band-aid on on the larger problem, which is this environmental justice sort of thing. But but you know, uh, it's something. It's better than you know not having anything at all. So well, exactly. And I mean, look at um look at all the health benefits. Like, uh, say you've got an omni, but you're like in the city and there's nowhere for you to run, or you just don't have the time, or you know you you don't want to be out at night. 
Yeah. You know, that's a perfect example. You know, you could be on the Omni, you could use it as a, you know, runny thing and literally just run through a bunch of different environments. You don't actually have to use it as a game. You could use it as a type of exercise. And because you're using VR, it'd just make it more fun and, you know, you'd actually want to keep doing it. You know, follow me down the crazy path for a sec because here in the States, uh, we, you know, it's, it's known uh, that people like to sue each other here. Uh, it's not. It's, it's a well-known fact that that America is more or less a very litigious society, and so in that in that sense, do you think? And, and I brought this up to a friend of mine who's a lawyer, who's an attorney. Um, but Brian, but I, but I'm, I'm I'm curious to see what your opinion is. Do you think that if you work a stressful job and you develop health issues because of that that stressful job, are you allowed to sue your employer? Uh, it's a bit hard to say because, funny enough, down here, um, str you actually got a thing called stress leave. Uh, if you actually are stressed, they can actually um, pay you while you're off trying to de-stress, you know, obviously get your health a bit better and all that stuff. We've got a system where it actually does help with, like, stress, uh, maternity leave for, you know, males and females and a few other things. So down here, it's it's already set up where, you know, if it gets to a point where it's, it's that horrible, you can. Uh, but I think it's one of those things where a lot of people, I guess, I guess when it comes to stress, a lot of people think, ah, oh, it's just stress, you know, whatever. So I don't think a lot of people take that up and a lot of people are dealing with it. And I've been dealing for a while, but unfortunately it actually affected my health quite badly that, you know, it, something had to be done. And it's one of those things where a lot of people don't realize that, you know, stress, you know, it just keeps accumulating and it gets higher and higher. And then unfortunately your body just, you know, as you said before, cancer cells, I think it's one of those things your body just, it doesn't get used to it, it just gets worse and worse. That so, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you know cancer cells did did get created from it. Yeah, it's 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 true. You know, your your body doesn't get used to stress. It's like um, you know, it's it's like it's like you're sending someone. It's like war, for example. I know this is an extreme example, but you send soldiers off to war, and they'll spend you know years and years going through the same thing. You know, it's they don't. It's not like their body gets gets better. It's not like your body adjusts adjusts to to the war. Sure, on a on a artificial superficial level, I think they might, but then they come back fucked up. You know, they they, they come back with, well, with honestly, PTSD. Yeah, yeah. I would think stress is part of the post traumatic stress disorder. I think that's probably a, a huge part of it because you know they get so stressed, and I think that's why you know they have these episodes. And you know that's a good way for VR to help. But I think it's one of those things where. The human body, it's, you know, it can deal with stress, but prolonged stress is a quite a different thing. Yeah, man, I agree. I, I think yeah, we, we, we deserve a break. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating a stress-free human condition because I think that's impossible. I think the, one of the reasons why we've made it so far up the evolutionary ladder was because we were stressed out of our minds to make sure that we didn't get eaten by the lions and the cobras and the panthers and the sh whatever. Um, but at the same, exactly. yeah. But at the same time, now we're living in in this civilization where it's it's all stress constantly. It's crazy. What well, about? It's very true. The modern world is, is a very stressful place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mind you, trying to keep up with the news, man. Holy shit! I, I mean, are are you one of those people that follows the news very much, or follows what's been happening around the world? I used to be, but um, unfortunately, we're so stressed again, and it's one of those things, you know, just kind of gone back to you know, literally not doing anything. I used to be on Reddit all the time with a bunch of different news feeds, and now it's purely just the Oculus subreddit that I'm, I'm on nowadays. 
Good for you. Good for you, because it's yeah. it's fucking crazy, man. Just all the nonsense that's happening. Let's go to Health VR. What do you? What is Health VR, and what is, what is it that you're working on, and where did you come up with the idea? So uh, someone on the uh, the Reddit forums um, posted saying that their aunt had um, phantom limb pain. So if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's basically their They've had one of their limbs amputated, you know, an amputee. Mm-hmm. One of their limbs is uh, currently believing it's still there and sending signals. Mm-hmm. And because it's not receiving anything back, they uh, receive, you know, um, quite a bad pain. Some people say it feels like someone's stabbing and twisting into their leg. And it's one of those things like uh, they just feel random things. Um, like, you know, they might feel like their leg's twitching, that kind of stuff. But it can get quite painful. So a guy um, on the forum said he had his aunt that, and it was amputee and she had a phantom limb pain. So he was saying that um, he thought VR would be a good option because uh, there's this guy that's been using this thing called mirror therapy. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing was is um, they were basically having a mirror, uh, depending if it's a leg around, but they had a mirror. So you would basically tilt your head where it looked like you could have both your arms again. So it looked like it was in the correct position. And then you'd move one of your arms or your legs. And that would actually that would actually trick your brain because you saw both arms and legs and it would actually help with the pain. It either dulled it or even got rid of most of it. So I thought that's a perfect thing for VR. So I decided I want to help this guy. So I've, um, you know, I was making a small little app for him to try it out with his aunt. And I thought, well, what, you know, what other things could we do? So I've been slowly trying to expand it with a few different things, but I wanted to have something that was free for everyone to use, but also they could modify it and add new things on. So, I've been using it, making it with the Talk 3D engine, and I'm keeping all the source code there so people can add more stuff on, you know, add possibly, you know, even help other things, but also because it's free, it will be um, public domain. You know, anyone can use it. So hopefully, you know, it can be used in a, you know, a setting where, you know, people can actually be helped. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah, keep it going. Have you thought about perhaps – or, or what does it look like in terms of the, the medical field and what is currently being offered for people with phantom limb pain? Is there, is there anything that even comes close to what VR can possibly do? How, is, how are people treating phantom limb pain right now? Uh, currently, it seems the best method. Um, they, do, they do use uh, drugs, but a lot of people say they, they're not actually very helpful. Mm. Um, the mirror therapy seems to be the main one and it is obviously cheaper with, you know, obviously with the mirror, but I think the issue is, is that, uh, it doesn't convince you enough. Like some, it works on some people, but it doesn't work on all people. Uh, I'm not, I've never been able to, you know, I guess do a study where say VR was more, you know, more convincing than the mirror, but it's one of those things where if you've got VR in a clinical setting, say like that, if you've got to work and help multiple things, I think it would be worth the money. Oh, Probably my God. Because selling really cheaply like they are. Oh, then, yeah. You know, I think that's that would be worth the money for people to be, you know, helped. And if we can fix a few uh, different things or, you know, at least help with a few different things, I think it would be, you know, fantastic. Especially because the, uh, the alternative is, is is either mirror therapy or, or drugs. And, and, and drugs, you know, I, I imagine would be the synthetic opiates. And they, I, yes. I, and those could get, you know, those could get addictive. You know, you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just, uh, it seems like they're, you know, here is this option that is around a corner that could be so much better. Have you at all considered perhaps partnering up with a local university or, or someone in, you know, in academia that could back you up uh, with, with research or grants or, or, or anything? 
honestly, I haven't actually thought of that. I mean, I would like to have it free where mm-hmm. um, it wouldn't be specific to a university. It, like, you know, if universities wanted to use it, I would mean, I hope I'd make it good enough where they would. Uh, at least, you know, it could be more than one. It's free out there and people can start adding more stuff on. If the community could jump in and add more and more things with it, I think it would be fantastic for anyone to try because I've had a few people uh, messaging me on Reddit saying they had arachnophobia and they wanted to get over it. So I've got one person that's currently going to be trying the arachnophobia part and, you know, he's going to see how that goes. There's, There's a, another guy that, you know, has headaches. So, um, you know, uh, not sure if this is going to work, but um, supposedly red light therapy works. So create a whole red room, see if that actually works. If it doesn't, just remove it. But if it does, you know, it'd be great. So, 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 I let me wrap my head around, my head around this. There is uh, red light therapy that helps you get rid of headaches. Is that what you're saying? Yes, like I, I suffer from migraines and headaches now and then. But um, basically, what it is is that it's supposedly the I believe it's the red light spectrum um, actually helps with your headaches. Like uh, if you've ever had any headaches and all that, most people if they are in a dark room that helps. You know, uh, they might be sensitive to light and all that, especially with migraines. So supposedly the red light, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but supposedly the red light does help. And I know I can't get the exact same spectrum of light with the DK, you know, DK kit or any virtual headset compared to a light maybe specifically for that. But uh, the thing is we don't know if it's the spectrum or it's the colour. So it would be interesting to try it out, see if it actually helps people. And if it does, that's great. If it doesn't, there's no harm in trying I find it quite fascinating and, and, and amazing at the same time the fact that you are open sourcing, collaborating uh, with. A pro- I, I don't know if if these people are strangers across the internet, but but uh, here you are doing science science, <laughs> uh, you know, from 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 the comfort of your, of your home with the help of strangers who know who knows where they are. That I find that really cool. I, <laughs> Has that ever happened before? I don't. I don't think so. That's. Oh, possibly. I think it's one of those things. Um, I think people possibly talk about their issues, and someone might go, "Hey, I think I could help with that." So, I think it's happened. But um, yeah, it's just been random strangers talking to me. And um, funny enough, there was a there was a guy that actually sent me a random message. Uh, that uh, I can't remember what his specific condition was, but he said that he's actually nerve endings overheat. And it actually be quite painful, and he actually felt hot. And um, it was just something that happened now and then. And he couldn't really do anything about it. Yeah. And uh, I did have I did have a certain uh, level in this relaxation VR, which was a uh, snow level. Mm-hmm. It had like the snow falling down and all that. And he actually said that he looked at the screenshot and did the cross-eyed effect, and um, it actually made him feel a tad cooler and actually seemed to help. So. I'm hoping they have something in there as well like that because I know currently there are certain places for burn victims. Mm-hmm. They put them in a VR headset um, in a winter wonderland and they like throw snowballs and all this. I'm sure a lot of Reddit people have seen the video and they do that when they're changing the bandages and all that and it helps with the pain because they're being distracted. Plus, you know, I have noticed there's an effect where if you're seeing you're in a cold environment or a hot environment, your body actually seems to react to it. Not everyone, but it seems like some people, because they're so immersed in it, they seem to react to it. And uh, if you actually ever try a cold environment on a hot day in VR, you actually feel a lot cooler, which is quite an interesting experience. 
Yeah, I spoke to, I interviewed on the podcast Howard Rose, the creator of, of Winter Wonderland, I believe. I, th I think that's the name of it. And yeah, you, you know, we're talking, yeah, exact same thing in terms of pain, treating pain and, and burn victims. One thing that he did not, we did not quite touch was the fact that what's happening in the brain's uh, perception of, of hot or cold I, I, we talked about pain and, and, and non-pain. So, for example, you know, the, the, the soldier or the, or the person being treated uh, felt a lot less pain. But in yeah. terms of the hot and cold, that is something I did not touch upon. And now that you bring it up, I, I, I'll have to ask him. I, I really, really wonder what is exactly that's happening, what neurons are firing inside the brain while you are inside virtual reality. I think, I, you know, I, I feel I wish... Uh, that research was more open source. It was more out into the public um, because that data is, is so valuable to to for people to interpret and, and figure out ways to to use it to add value to other people's lives. But yeah, what is happening inside the brain while you're inside VR is something that fascinates me all the time. Do you? Well, do, yeah, that, yeah, go that's ahead. The thing I've been quite fascinated with. Um, I've been, you know, when um, these people are asking for the phantom limb pain and all that, I've been researching, and uh, you'd be quite surprised. There seems to be certain little things that um, might seem simple, like the mirror therapy and all that, but it's taken us quite a while to realize that there actually is a connection. And from what I've been reading, um, especially with some of these. Um, like, I'm not sure if you've seen um, on Reddit, but there's someone released a rubber hand illusion where you actually feel the brush strokes even though you're seeing it, but you're not actually, um, like someone's doing it manually. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, supposedly it seems um, the human brain will take visual over audio and anything else, and I think that might be part of this whole thing where if you're visually seeing cold, your body knows this is how you react, and I think that might possibly help. But also, if you're playing a game while you're in VR or, you know, moving about trying to do a certain, um, you know, trying to do a certain object, you know, or, you know, do a mission or something like that, I think it helps because, you know, your brain's currently, you know, being overloaded with things to do and see. So I think it it starts blocking pain a bit. Yeah, I, you know, it, it, there's definitely truth to, to that, to the fact that we really do interpret, you know, uh, the world through our eyes. I mean, our, our eyes are directly connected to our brains. Uh, I, 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 I hope I'm not pulling this out of my ass, but I, I heard that the eyes are directly connected like in you know both neurologically and sensory wise to the to the to the to the brain and so yeah it just it just seems like it would make sense for this uh for so much information to be processed and you know accumulated through the eyes that the brain can uh, goes through it's just yeah have you have you, have you experimented on anything uh, yourself with with virtual reality and and, and us, you know aside from the health aspects and you know, or, or relaxation. Have have you, you know, ex went off into different horizons, or are you just working on on, on these current things right now? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I guess you could call me a bit of a pack rack. I've got something like twenty plus projects, um, <laughs> all in different stages, and uh, it's one of those things where I keep jumping from one to another, and I'm not getting anything done, so to speak. So I've been trying to just focus on VR health and relaxing relaxation VR to kind of hopefully get those out and about and then start moving on to some of the other things I'm working on. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, yeah, there's so much to, I mean, there's so much to do with VR. It's just this blank 
empty canvas to, to paint on, to paint on and, and, and really, you know, I don't blame you for, for wanting to do uh, a thousand times, a, a thousand things at a time. Um, exactly, and it's one of those things, you know, you just want to try different experiences, so you might want to see what it feels like to, you know, jump off a tall building, or, you know, you might want to see what it feels like to go underwater, so you make a small little experience to do it, but it might not be enough for a game or something like that, or, you know, it might have certain issues with it, but it's nice to be able to, you know, I guess as a developer learning to how to do certain things, it's nice to be able to go, hmm, I wonder what it would feel like if I was underwater, or, you know, I wonder what it would feel like if I was in a forest, but I had my fan blowing on me at the same time and I saw a tree swaying. So it's nice to be able to do that and try it out and just basically, you know, find out what works, what doesn't, and also, you know, what might surprise you as well. You know, another thing that's been that's been sort of that I've been thinking a lot about, and I and I probably I'll probably experiment with this on my on my own, but not until I get DK two on my hands. I want to see what it'd be like to be inside VR for twenty four hours at a time. I mean, go from waking to sleeping to waking again inside VR. I and I, I yeah, I, I wonder what are the uh, what impacts or if any. Uh, would happen would occur if, if i if you know if you pushed yourself to be inside this virtual world um i, I don't know what would, what would you think well uh funny enough i know um so many bruce has actually fallen asleep and um it took his brain a little while to realize he's actually in vr and uh that actually happened to me a few days ago uh, uh no uh, we were talking before about um possible uses for vr where it's like you know say a massage table something like that yeah and you came up with that, you're saying, you know, a massage chair and it rocked you certain ways and all that. So I decided to try that. So I actually had VR on in a massage chair and I just had like the sun, you know, going from day to night and all that, watching water movement, all this. I actually fell asleep. <laughs> and, um, I, you know, I don't know how long I was, but, you know, um, I woke up when the massage chair started moving me up to that right position. And, you know, um, I was, I woke up in this world and, it literally took maybe 10 to 15 seconds for my brain to realize I'm in VR, but before I'm like, you know, looking around, it's like, you know, oh, how, how did I get here? Like my brain just didn't had, it hadn't connected yet to realize, okay, now I know you were doing this before, now you've woken up. So it seems like, you know, it, it really does make you feel like you're there, but after a short while, your brain realizes, yep, I'm in VR now. That is crazy. That is, that is really crazy. I mean, and this is considering this is day zero. This is like DK1, uh, last year's model, um, Honestly, I'm 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 so stoked. I'm so excited to to get my hands on TK2 and and, and uh, you know push the limits of how far and how what sort of things you are able to do with with this technology. Huh. It'll be fantastic. I mean, I really can't wait to get the DK2 as well. Unfortunately, I was five hours late when they released it, uh, so I'm not sure even where I am. But I honestly don't think I'm going to get it in July. The fact that they mentioned that you know they were going to ramp up production once they you know, once they saw how much they were, how many orders they'd get, I really don't think it's going to be July for me, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, I haven't even ordered it yet. I, I, it's, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for my tax returns. <laughs> but as soon as I do, I'm, I'm on that. Uh, but you know, one thing that I that I did ask the the guys from Oculus that I brought up in my last podcast was this, that uh, at the VR mixer, the after GDC, I spoke to a couple guys. Uh, from the company, and they were telling me how uh, their production team uh, has gone a long way, also from from last year, and the waiting, having to wait a month to get your development kit. So, so hopefully this time around, you, I'm crossing my fingers. Uh, 
it won't be that long, you know, from ordering to, you know, starting July from ordering to getting it at your door. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers that it, it won't take a month or a month and a half because it's just um, so excruciating. Yeah, but um, I think it's one of those things. Uh, they've got the experience now. Uh, I guess it depends how many how many units they can get out each day. So, you know, they've got the experience now. They've already got the, all the centers set up around the world now. Like uh, when I actually ordered the, the DK2 this time, I noticed I had GST in, um, extra shipping charges. So obviously they're going through the um, whatever company got set up in Australia now. So obviously they've got all these distribution centers and everything. So I'd say you would get it pretty quick, but I think it's the initial run of units because obviously, you know, they can only make a certain amount each day. And um, I think, unfortunately, it's, it's like anything. I think after GDC, everyone just wanted to grab one. They love the DK1 or they've seen it, but... Compared to that, compared to the DK2, I think everyone just wants that right now. Yeah, no, the whole, the worst part, the hard part really is the wait. Just just waiting for this exactly, thing. Because yeah. I, I want it now, and, you know, I want to do things with it that, uh, naughty things with it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in terms of, so I got to try out an alpha prototype of your, uh, of, of, of Health VR. And and to be to be frank, I you know when I was in there, I I, I was this uh, girl in a bikini, uh, and I was looking out at my feet, and uh, you know I may misread the directions on your email, so I will have to apologize for that because I did not quite follow through on what was I supposed to do in terms of you know figuring out how this phantom limb thing worked. Instead, I was throwing rocket launchers and mines at the wall, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, um, I didn't have a time to um, push the new build out, but uh, the original build was um, it was a very quick one just for the the user to try it out with his aunt. But unfortunately, I um, yeah, I hadn't stripped out any of the code for the default player with um, rocket launchers and all that. So yeah, you literally would have rocket launchers and all that coming out if you've um, hit some of the the buttons that you know enables it. So I hadn't had a chance to do that, but I have. Um, I have removed all that code in the new one now, and I've actually uh, had to modify the engine, but I've got it working now where it, um, what is it, the head tracking is separate from the body tracking now. Yeah. So you can look around, but your body stays exactly where it should be. You say unfortunately, I say fortunately, because I was having a blast. <laughs> I mean, I was I was throwing rocket launchers and drones out at the wall and mines, and then when you had the pistol and you went on third-person view, the pistol looked like the girl had the pistol off of her butt. I had, I had yeah, a laugh. Yeah. I, I was rolling. I was rolling on the ground. So, so thank you for that laugh. It was, it was awesome. Um, but yeah. no, but it's gonna. I, I actually scared someone with that. Unfortunately, um, there was someone else that saw my post and um, they wanted to try it. Yeah. He said he put his girlfriend in and um. Unfortunately, hit the little scroll wheel on the mouse, and that selected the weapon. And all of a sudden, a gun uh, came out of her face, started shooting, and she just started screaming. <laughs> she didn't expect it, and it's like it was an early alpha build. But um, yeah, I probably should have tried to remove it before I released it. Were well, you using Torque three D? Why? Why are you using Torque, by the way? The game. Uh, it's one of those things. Um, looking at Unity, I thought, well. Uni's co- Uni in the end is going to cost me money. UDK, it's it's okay, but it's not the best yeah. um, best way to make stuff either. And I know the integration hasn't been the best. That's why I like Boone hasn't. Well, he he didn't do much with his roller coaster thing after that because there was a an issue with um, translation and all that. So I thought I'd try with Talk 3D and um, 
I've actually found it quite an enjoyable experience. It is it is hard because um, it's not like uh, Unity where, you know, it's click and create. Yeah. Um, like, say you just want someone to walk from one end to the other. You know, in Unity, it's all clicks. We talk, you know, you make a pass, they go from here to here, but then you literally have to create a script and actually write it from scratch to say, okay, go to next node, go to next node. So it is a bit harder in that way when you got to do game mechanics. Yeah. But it's free, it's under MIT, and I thought it's great that I've got the source code and it's actually helped because um, I've been able to integrate a web browser into the game engine now. So, you know, I can actually have um, a web screen, you know, a screen to any website, you know, in a game. Mm-hmm. And you can actually have that integrated into the game as well where you can have your own interface set up in, say, Flash or HTML and then actually send code from the JavaScript to the game engine to, say, open door or run any kind of command in there. So... It's been really, you know, interesting to be able to play with the source code as well. And I think that's great that now UDK has got their source code out as well. So I think it's one of those things, you know, I just wanted that because it was MIT and I thought it was the best option at that point. Mm. And, uh, I've, you know, it's it has been a bit hard, but it's been a very, you know, very good experience to, to learn the code and all this stuff. Awesome. You know, I Tor 3D, uh, Cymatic, I remember going to Silicon Valley VR meetup and seeing Cymatic Bruce use, do a demo of Tor 3D. Uh, so, so yeah, he was having, he was having a blast. Uh, I'm not sure how, how far, how much time he's, has he's gotten lately to be able to keep working at it. But, um, yeah, I, I've well, gone. It was yeah. good because me and, um, so many Bruce, you know, we were using Talk and we've talked a bit about it, but I, unfortunately it's one of those things where, you know, you want to make a game, you want to prototype it easy. Unity is probably the, the better bet yeah. um, to do it. So, unfortunately, I seem to be one of the only people that's actively using it at the moment, as far as I can see, at least. Yeah, I'm done. I'm not. I went. I tried using Unity, and it was fun for a while, but, but, I've, but I've, I've crossed over to Unreal Engine 4. Uh, it's been probably one of the oh, yeah. best $20 I've ever spent. And, you know, and thankfully, once this, if I, if I run out of $20 to keep the subscription, subscription going, I'll just, uh, I'll keep, I'll still keep the build of the engine. So, yeah, I, either Unreal or, or, or Unity, I'm, I'm, for now, I'm quite happy with Unreal. The only problem with Unreal, I would say, is just there, um, there isn't as, as, as a, that huge build of, of YouTube tutorials yet. Yeah, it's still pretty good. I mean, I've, I, there's you can get a lot done with the tutorials that there are already. So, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just excited because this is you know these these engines are becoming a lot more competitive now, and you know now the ball is on Unity's court to figure out are we gonna still keep charging people fifteen hundred dollars for this engine? Uh, I hope not because you know Unreal is gonna eat their lunch money eventually if this if they well that's what I. Can. I find that uh, kind of funny because um like uh they they did release it where it was like I think it was seventy five dollars a month yeah I think it was um I, I can't remember exactly but I think it was seventy five dollars a month you can pay it each month and continue using it but all of a sudden like um Unreal Engine uh and especially a brand new one as well which seems to be a, a huge a huge leap compared to their um you know UDK so uh, it seems like um they got it for what is it like you said what twenty dollars a month yep. Yeah, and uh, I know Cry, um, Cry Engineers actually um, doing their own thing as well, which is the thing is ten dollars a month, yeah. and that's got VR support supposedly um, almost been implemented. So you've got all these engines now. So I think um, I think Unity might have got caught out because I know they're about to release Unity five, but um, I think they might have got caught out because it it just kind of sucks what most people like all of a sudden is like you know 
you know, um, Unreal Engine 4 is all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's out and it's, you know, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's pretty cheap and you've got CryEngine now as well. And they, they're really good rendering game, uh, you know, really re- uh, good rendering game engines and all that. But when it comes to Unity and UDK, I would say they're game engines, but Unity's probably more a game maker. Mm. It allows it easier to prototype stuff and all that, and I think that's more a game maker where it's got the stuff set in there where, uh, you know, say Talk, you know, Org, 3D, you know, all these other ones. They're, they're game engines, but the thing is you need to understand and be able to make the extra stuff. So the Unreal Engine 4 has, you know, added a lot more features, which makes it a lot easier to do it. But I think there is a big difference between Unity and the other ones now, still. Interesting. What is your, you know, just going back to you, and what is what is your ultimate ultimate goal what do you uh, uh, what do you envision for yourself in the future coming you know come come consumer release come uh, a year from now two years from now where would you like to be uh, well, that is a good question I would honestly I mean I like making these experiences and games for everyone um, I would ho- I'm hoping to release you know a relaxation VR for a few dollars and um, Around five dollars, hopefully. Uh, I'm hoping to release that and use that money towards possibly getting a Unity license, but also towards health VR and get some um, people to model some things. Like I need, I need people to model um, spiders and all that, but I also need to make sure it's public domain so people can use in their other stuff as well. So I'd like to hopefully get a little bit of money to continue on with these other things. And you know, um, Unity is great for some things, but talks better for other things. So it would be nice to be able to use both engines and use the engine that works for me. Cool, and and so I see how you are not chasing the money. You're not chasing after, you know, uh, swinging for the fences, uh, trying to trying to make a living. Uh, are you are you trying to make a living out of this? Are you trying to make a career out of this, or is this something that you you find as a, a noble hobby to keep on the side? Uh, honestly, I, I think it's more a noble hobby. I mean, uh, I think anything. I guess when the commercial release comes out, I might be a, an indie dev, but I think it's more of those things where I'd probably more go donation route than ask for money because, I mean, I'm really enjoying it and I like the fact that we can use VR to help people and help, you know, certain phobias and all that other stuff. But, you know, I've, I've already got a job and I don't want to quit my job to do this full-time either, so I'd rather have this as my hobby where, you know, I can help people and do this other stuff. And if people want to donate, you know, that's great. Otherwise, you know... It, you know, I'd rather have it where you know people can just enjoy the stuff for free. Very cool. Yeah, very noble. I I, I like your style, good sir. Uh, what is uh what is the thing that keeps you know? So you you mentioned the uh, motivation. you you know you 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 like helping people. What what other things keep motivating you? And what motivated motivated you in the first place to jump into virtual reality? I'll start with that. I think it's one of those things. I think like with everyone, they've watched all these um you know virtual reality movies and they never really got to it never really got to where it was meant to be. And I think um it's one of those things like it's great to to play these virtual reality games and all that, but when you get to actually create something yourself or even just like create a small, simple environment where you can run around and shoot stuff or even just like explore, I think that's where the power of VR comes in. Yeah, you know, it's like a painting. You know, um anyone can paint, you know, you might not think it's good. You know, um, but, you know, you can paint and that can be a job experience and people do it to relax. You know, they might say, no, I'm not very good at it. I think VR is like the, a new version of being able to paint or draw or anything like that. 
it's nice to be able to create the experiences for yourself and if you can give it to other people and they can enjoy it as well great if not you know doesn't matter you've you've done it for yourself you're enjoying it and you've got other content as well that you can look at on a more philosophical slash speculation level what do you think a virtual reality will become in the future I mean, let's give give me the uh, uh, the the best case scenario and the worst case scenario. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think best case scenario. Uh, it's hard to say. I guess it depends on um, you know which which router you're gonna go. If it's gonna you know um, if it's gonna help mankind mankind and possibly have more social issues or not. Like I mean, we've had heaps of these kind of things in TV and movies. Like you know. Um, like sliders. I don't know if you remember that TV show, but they had an episode where everyone had, um, everyone did VR and like, um, they had the guy in VR. He's painting a wall. You know, he's just painting the wall in this building, but, um, to him, he's painting art kind of thing. And they had it there, but then what they realized is that everyone was so sucked into VR that they weren't taking care of themselves. And now it's basically a wasteland and their society is crumbling and no one's, you know, no one's around now to kick the servers up to do this stuff and, all that. So it could be really, really bad where we might have so many people engrossed in VR. I mean, mm -hmm. I know we have people now that are engrossing, like, say, WoW and all that, and we've had a few people, unfortunately, die because they've stayed up for so many days just playing WoW, and they've just their bodies just quit. So with VR, that makes it a lot easier because you don't have any distractions. You're literally in this world, and the higher quality resolution and everything like that, the more immersed you'll be, especially with persistence and all that. So... I think it could be a thing where, you know, it might um, it might actually be detrimental to society, but only for a select group, I would say. Like, it's like anything. You've always got um, certain people that, you know, might – it's like gambling and all that. They might be, you know, they might be more towards, you know, gambling or more towards maybe being stuck in VR, that kind of stuff. But in general, I'd say we would, we would um, as society, grow. And the fact that we can actually use this to help people with um, certain phobias and all that, also help people you know, be able to relax, but also help people be entertained, all this other stuff. But also, you know, a lot of people say it's antisocial, but I think it's different. I think it's actually social because it's a different type of social. Think about it now. We all, you know, we might, you see all these people at a restaurant and they're all down looking at their phones. Yeah. They're not exactly being social. So. I think with this, you know, it can be social online and all that, and it will be fantastic. Like, me personally, I'm in what they call an LDR, a long-distance relationship. You know, my um, fiancé, she's in America. I'm mm -hmm. in Australia. So to see her and all that, it takes, you know, it takes a while to be able to fly back and forth and, you know, get time off from work and everything. Yeah. But with VR, we can actually be there together. And, like, a lot of people do that now. They play games and all that. They use Skype. But with VR, to be able to, I guess, be able to, See the person and, you know, um, be able to have that connection even more than just a video call, that really helps. Yeah. Because, you know, it's one of those things where you just wish they were there, you want to hold them, you want to hug them kind of thing. But um, I think that would definitely help. And it's one of those things where I think it's going to – it's definitely going to help society, but unfortunately there's going to be some downsides as well. And that's like anything. You're always going to have some downsides to certain technology. You always have some upsides. But in general, it's going to be more – it's going to be doing, I say, the re human race would have more to do with reality in a good, positive sense than a bad sense. 
I am glad you gave me that answer because the way you know I you know the way I sort of asked you was in a sort of uh, black and white sort of sense and 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 as we all know uh, the world is not black and white it's it's a gray everything's gray and and if anything what you've made me help me realize is that what what VR will become it's it will become a spectrum and across the spectrum there will be the extremes of of what the what what you know a select few people will suffer through because their their bodies their minds their circ social circumstances for whatever reason they won't be re quite ready to uh, embrace VR positively and then there'll be the other spectrum across the other spectrum where there'll be people like such as yourselves who are embracing this technology to use it for good and to better mankind and to enhance our way of uh, perhaps viewing reality through virtual reality so. So it's it's it's, it's going to be a spectrum, I think, and you're right. It, it, there there will be those who suffer. There will be those who benefit greatly. Uh, but it won't be a black and white world. I I agree. You know, you it's like anything. Everyone says, you know, um, all these things are tools. You know, that's the thing. A tool can be used for good or evil. Yeah, it can be used to help people or hurt people. So it's one of those things. There's a huge spectrum, and there's a there's probably a huge spectrum of uh, how to help people that we haven't even explored yet. Like, even just helping people with phobias, that's something that's very new. Um, and that's because a few people have been doing it in the past few years. But, you know, now that we've got VR, there's so many new things that can happen or can be done that we haven't even thought of. Indeed. There's going to be someone out there that will think of this fantastic idea and all of a sudden, you know, it's going to change it even more. Like, I think with VR, when we first heard about it and all that, we never even thought about using it to actually be in a cinema. And now that's kind of the norm. It's like, you know, it's fantastic, especially with the DK2. We'll be able to see the cinema quite clearly in the video. But it wasn't really a thought in people's minds until, you know, you wrap your head around VR. And I think there's so many fantastic things that are going to come down the pipeworks that we're going to go, wow, we never even thought of that. No, and going back to your point of, you know, your your long-distance relationship and bridging that distance gap with VR, you know, I myself, my, my mom and – uh, my mom's side of the family, my my two younger brothers and grandma cousins, they all live they live in Nicaragua, and I'm in San Francisco or Daly City, California, and I, you know it's uh it growing up here was 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 rough because I used to do the back and forth between here and there, and I, now that I think about it, I I think about how much more valuable it would be to be able to see them and talk to them and you know shoot the shit with them you know in VR and i wonder and the thing that i wonder now would VR having that ability to sort of like teleport and and be among with the people you love across the world would that make it so that when you see them you you don't you you embrace them that much more because they're real they're there or i wonder if it'll make us miss each other less what what do you think? Uh, honestly, I think it's one of those um, it's one of those things. Uh, it's very it's very hard. Um, I like to say LDRs is for someone that realizes that you know you might put yourself through a lot of heartache, but it's worth it even just to spend five minutes with them. And I think it's one of those things where you know uh, this isn't just for you know a relationship with your fiance or anything like that, or you know your future husband or wife. It's more you know it can be for family as well. Any type of relationship you've got with someone. It would be great to be able to, you know, see them. And say we had, like, infinite realities that could scan that person in and we could use Steam or something like that to control the body. That would make it even more. But I think it's just because we've got the presence of them there. Even though it might not look exactly like them, it definitely does make you feel closer to it. And same thing, like, you know, um, if you're playing a game with someone 
um, you know, you know, you feel closer to them. And I think with VR, it can only just, you know, help with that feeling and, you know, it can help you even more. But it's one of those double-edged swords, you know. Sometimes, you know, you might be having a fantastic time and you're talking to the person that you love, but unfortunately it makes you miss them even more because like all of a sudden you're having this fantastic time and you wish you could just physically be there. So it helps, but then it doesn't help at the same time. It's one of those things where it goes up and down depending on your mood and, you know, how it's going, so to speak. You know, I've, I've experienced a long-distance long relationship uh, I, when I studied abroad and uh, my girlfriend was here in SF and I was in Taiwan and uh, it was rough. It was it was rough. It was, it was just a few months, but it was rough. Um, the payoff was the sex was amazing. I mean, when I, when I got back, holy shit, man! Oh, the things I did to her. But it was, but it, but again, it's one of those things that, like, I think VR is like what you said, a a um, a double edged sword, man. I think it could be, and it, it and it all could, and then it, it all comes down to the individual, how you interpret uh, what is happening to you with you um, inside this virtual world. Um, Man, I wonder if tactical, tactical, <laughs> haptic feedback would help. I mean, would there ever be a, a suit? I mean, now we're going into the realm of science fiction, or or not, um, where perhaps we could wear some sort of a haptic underwear. <laughs> where? What's well, the thing? Um, what was it? Uh, uh, I can't remember what company it was, but um, it might have been Trojan. But remember, uh, you might have seen it. They had a thing where they had um. Uh, underwear, where if you touched, like you touched the underwear, then uh, that touched that person. So it's like they felt the haptic feedback from it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think um, even with just the the people that have the um, the you know, haptic technology, even if it's just holding like a sword and all that stuff, even if you were in VR with someone and that you held their hand and you felt that, that would immediately you know help you more. It might not feel exactly like a uh, someone holding your hand, but it definitely would. Um, bring the experience closer to, to you know, being realer, and it would actually make you feel a lot more closer to them. Follow me down the, the down the rabbit hole, because we're about to go into crazy town. What if we were able to upload the consciousness of your relative, of, of your diseased, dead relative, to a computer, and this, again, crazy town, everything goes here. And this relative, again, this computer has the ability to interact with haptic devices. And all of a sudden, you want to shake hands with your brother who died two years ago. Or you want to hug or feel what it feels to get hugged by this cybernetic consciousness of your you know, dead relative. Uh, I mean, do you think it, 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 with a haptic sort of suit, do you think people would want that? I mean... Uh, Obviously, who knows if that's possible? I don't know if it is. I don't think we'll see it in our lifetimes. But you know, do you think people would want something like that to 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 feel the dead to to want to, or 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 maybe it's better to just let go. I think it's one of those things. I think people would want it, but um, it's also at the point where it's a double-edged sword. You might have, say, your spouse that unfortunately passed away. And uh, if you could see him in VR and because you miss him so much, it could get to the point where, you know, you're never out of VR. You're yeah. constantly going to be there. You fall asleep, you do that. You might take it off to get some food and all that. But in general, you've basically just become a shut-in because, you know, you love this person so much and you can't get, you know, over them. And um, that happens now. A lot of people just can't get over the person. But I think it won't – I think it won't help with closure, so to speak. I think if we could upload their consciousness and um, – like they could say goodbye, 
that possibly might help with closure or at least they could hear their thoughts and, you know, like say, yes, I really did love you and all this kind of stuff. But I think it's a double-edged sword where some people, they won't be able to let go. And the fact that they've got them back, even if it's just a, you know, um, it's not, it's not them, but it is a part of them. I think a lot of people will latch on and it will be hard for them to let go. Yeah. You know, there's definitely one of those crazy questions that I, that, that I think uh, in a parallel universe or in this one, we might be faced with later on. Who knows? Uh, you know, especially death being such a, such an emotional issue, such an emotional thing, you know, dealing with another human being's death that is, that is close to you. I remember this sort of brings up the, this Reddit post that I saw of, um, this uh this 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 guy who died in a car accident and he his last text message to his girlfriend was what do you want from mcdonald's you fat bitch i just don't i just don't know what it would be like to be her you know i would want her you know i wonder if she would want to have the ability to hey can you say something nicer to me like you know, after well, I guess it all depends. Like they might have that relationship where he's not actually calling her that. It's more. It could be a joke, or it could be. Um, it could be something from their favorite TV show. Yeah, like okay. I, I do that with my fiance a lot. Like we have certain TV shows and movies that we watch, and you know, we might, you know, we might say those kind of things. But you know, I guess if it was something, you know, it might sound hurtful to someone on the outside, but to you, it could just be something innocent because you know it's from that TV show and it's a joke. Yeah, inside joke. So. It's one of those things, but um, that would be pretty horrible if that was the last thing you you got from that person. Like a lot of people hated, uh, a lot of people had regrets when you know the last thing they talked to them, uh, you know, was a you know it was just an argument. Yeah, so, you know, it's one of those things where you know I guess I guess if they did have their consciousness uploaded, it would allow them closure. But I think the issue is is that um, say we had a company that could do that later to get closure. I think the issue is yes, at some point someone would sue saying no. I want, you know, they gave me, you know, might say, you know, I've got access to all this property now, and um, that's typically his property. I want access to him all the time now. Wow, yeah, that'd be that get that get. I I can see how that would spiral out of control. Yeah. yeah, so it's one of those things. Like, have you actually watched the movie Her? No, I haven't. It's a fantastic movie, uh, but the way they've got that set up, um, that is a very interesting movie to show how technology and basically how people can be together, but also how you can create such a bond even if you don't meet that person. And it kind of reflects how a lot of people in LDR are as well. But if you've, I recommend everyone watch that movie. Yeah. It's a fantastic thing, and the way they've done it in the future. They've integrated technology where it's so seamless, you know, you don't think about it anymore, and it's it's done very very well. It's definitely worth a watch. You know, you, you bring up this interesting point. I think that we have we've grown in, into the society that is just so technologically dependent. It's like uh, it's like our it's like it's just like our addiction for oil and and, and that cheap energy. A technology has become that next addiction for humanity. And it's so fragile to think that it, it, it's so and it's such a fragile thing. If you think if you think about how an X-class solar flare could wipe out the Earth's magnetosphere and destroy or, or, or shut out all the world's electronics, uh, you know, what what would happen if people all of a sudden if that something like that happened? You know, it, I think, uh, again, Reddit posts I read somewhere 2012, the Earth missed a solar flare that might have caused major, major, major damage globally. But, but here yeah. we are in, 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 in this 21st century 
And I don't think there is a government contingency plan or a UN or NGO contingency plan for the day when that happens because it, it, it's like the sun. How do you how the fuck do you stop the sun from not releasing the next glass hole affair in 2015, November 3rd, well, 2015? Yes, yeah. I guess the other question is, uh, do we actually have any technology that can uh, stop such a huge, uh, you know, electromagnetic pulse like that from frying anything? And if and if it if and if we don't have it, how do we adapt to it? Uh, will we adapt to to this to that new instant holy smacks? You know, you get smacked in the face, kind of kind of paradigm like, all right, everybody, we're we're now in the dark. You know, how who who has a plan to? <laughs> To, who's thinking about that? I, I'm sure there is someone, but I haven't heard of. Well, there probably is someone. There's always someone thinking about something and trying to do certain things. But um, I think it's one of those things. Uh, it literally could. Uh, you know, we literally could just delve deep into the medieval times again, so to speak. Yeah, is that it's a, it's a that's where you're is that where you're betting on? Do you think that if something like that happened, we would go back into the dark ages? I think we possibly would. Um, it depends. Like, I think there'll be so much panic and all that that the government possibly might not be able to keep everyone under control, and it might get to the point where all of a sudden, bam, you know, it's like it's every man for himself, and they ransack government facilities or anything like that. And I think the issue is is that it could cause an issue where we would go back to medieval times. Because think about it, we know how to do all this fantastic stuff, but if we're, it's all in books and um, you know, it's all in books and you know, um, computers and everything. So if we don't have access to the computers and for some reason the books got lost or burned down or something like that, yeah. um, you know, you might have people that know this, have this knowledge, but the issue is is that, you know, we need, you know, we need that knowledge from them. They might have it, but to spread it across the world, that would be such a huge task so everyone could, you know, start, you know, making crops and all that. I think the only people that honestly wouldn't survive would be the Amish. Yeah, they're the ones. They're going to be the ones laughing yeah, I mean, at us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they've already got the whole infrastructure there. They've got the crops and everything. They're not relying on uh, electronic technology. They rely on technology like with, you know, a horse and cart, like, you know, even a pen and paper's technology. But when it comes to electronic technology, they're very rarely using it. I think they I think they use lights, and I think they possibly might even be using cars now. I'm not sure, but I know they've got it very strict and, you know, if anything happened, it wouldn't be an issue to them. The only issue would be um, when they go into town to to buy certain things, they might find out that there's nothing there now. I I, I use this analogy sort of for myself. Uh, if that something like that happened, imagine putting a corgi, uh, you know, the, the little stumpy stumpy leg kind of dog, and dropping it in the middle of the fucking Amazon jungle, and telling that corgi, <laughs> "Survive, bitch." Dude, I'm that guy. I'm that corgi because if 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 you drop me in the middle of the jungle in the middle of the forest, I have dude, I have no idea how to survive. I can't hunt. I I could probably outrun a raccoon. Not even a raccoon. No, dude, I, we're, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. So well, I think um I think we all should be watching a lot more of um Steve Irwin's uh, stuff and uh, you know uh, what's the guy uh, Bear Grylls Adventure Man or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Survivor Man. Yeah. Survivor, Survivor Man. That guy. That's the one who's legit. He's cool. Um, yeah. So, so everyone, if you, a zombie apocalypse happens or anything like that, <laughs> start watching this now <laughs> and start using uh, planting a vegetable garden. You know, is this, yeah. where. Uh, where is this technological future taking us? Do you think that we, perhaps it's just like VR, perhaps it's going to be a spectrum. There's going to be 
the, as a whole, in general, technology is going to be a spectrum of in, in which we will see the endless possibilities to do amazing, positive things for humanity, and, and yet, at the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, there will be madness and evil and fucked up shit. What do yeah, you think? I think it's one of those things, um, I think, you know, with technology, we help make our lives easy, but if that technology all of a sudden doesn't work, we're screwed ourselves as well. Yeah, you know, it, it makes me it makes me wonder because this is where this is where uh, you know I think we're going. We're gonna have this connected world where um, uh, I do I do research for venture capitalists and we I do research. Uh, uh, I did a little bit of research on the connected car and the connected city, and I found a study from IBM saying that. Um, and I don't know if these numbers are inflated or not, but they were saying how by 2025 or 2020. The connected world or the connect the Internet of Things is going to become a 14 trillion dollar industry. That is money. That is bank. And, 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 and you know, it's just, you just wonder, like, what is what are you connecting? What is what is really happening here? And, and so it's just, it, you know, it's just insane to, you know, these numbers of all of a sudden humanity is going to be instantly connected to each other and the repercussions consequences and possibilities no one can predict well we can and that's the thing like um you know like we've all you know there's so many um you know dystopian futures out there you know it could be like all of a sudden all this technology with ais and robots all of a sudden you know they turn on us or you know um it could be that we we're just slapping technology in the most useless things. Like, uh, have you ever seen the TV show Red Dwarf? No, no, no. Enlighten me. Okay, so that, it's a UK TV show. It's fantastic. Uh, basically, um, the guy is the only, like, the last human being. Um, like, he's been in there for, like, millions of years or something, or whatever spaceship he was on. Um, basically, they had a radiation leak and it killed everyone, but, but he was in a stasis pod, so he survived. But, um... It's funny because uh, they've got an AI toaster and it just keeps bugging him. He's like, you know, do you want some toast? Some crumpets? You know, it just keeps bugging him, bugging him. It's like, if we get to the point where we're slapping AI in everything, you know, I mean, is it going to get ridiculous? Like, are we going to have toasters that says, hello, how's your morning? That kind of stuff. We're going to have such a huge thing where everything's connected and they have their own personality now that even stuff like the shower would have its own personality and talking to you and letting you know what's happening. You know, it's like, are we going to get so, you know, crazy where we're slapping into every single thing we can find? Yeah. You know, speaking of dystopian futures, I think that here we have this possibility to, uh, you know, I think bring equality. I, I, one of the things that I, I don't know if you saw this NASA funded study or sponsored study that was saying how uh, civilization is in a trajectory towards complete collapse. If we don't deal with climate change, if we don't deal with inequality. And, you know, I think that in this, the most realistic thing that I can think about in, in terms of this inequality, dystopian future is here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. Climate change is going to fuck up the world, the global economy, and it's going to bring about a massive, massive de uh, depression worldwide. And I think that the, the current the, the reason why the elites are in power right now is because they have the arm, the muscle. They have they, they can still pay the paychecks of the police. But when. The and this is going to be a great movie. I'm working on the script right on the right on the script right now. Uh, and, but when the police in this this economy crashes, right, and they can't pay the paychecks of the police, the police they're us. They're going to be on our side. So what is what are these elites going to use? Robots, drones, 
that's how they're gonna defend themselves. That's how they're gonna keep. They're gonna keep hoarding their wealth. You know, well, you, you notice like, um, we could go the whole uh, uh, the whole Robocop route where the original Robocop. Um, that was where the corporations basically owned the police department. Like, um, you know, they you oh, know yeah. they they were the patriots. So it could be where all of a sudden corporations take over, and instead of a instead of it, um, you know, being for the people by the people kind of thing, it's literally corporations now own almost everything, and they're like they're the president now, so to speak. Yeah, and it's not far fetched to think about. I mean, we already live in this post Orwellian or Orwell is Sesame Street compared to what the NSA can do currently. So it's just. Sure. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy and and it's it can get quite depressing except that we are doing so many good things for humanity at the same time. I think that in the 21st century we're going to have 3D printers and robot automation uh and and VR will liberate us to become the humans and explorers of the human mind and space and and, and everything to that we are meant to we were meant to be. I, you know, imagine me being able to mold something, a, a Hyrule sword, you know, the, the Master Sword, and then saying, hey, Matt, Matt, do you want to check out my Master Sword? And then I send you the file, you know, that I sculpted in VR, and then you and your 3D printer over in Australia can check it out and be like, dude, that was pretty badass, but you missed this one detail, and then you send me another one. You know, I can see, I feel like that could be an amazing future where, and mind you, it would be amazing because it, it, we wouldn't need... The, these current banking cartels like the bank, the Federal Reserve and the Eurozone, we, we use cryptocurrency. I don't know if it would be Bitcoin, uh, yeah. you know, but it would be amazing to get rid of or start using a cryptocurrency that is kept safe from bullshit. But, well, it would be nice if we had a cryptocurrency or even just one universal currency uh, after a certain thing where, you know, we could just use that um so you know none of this stuff where oh you have to pay extra tax because you're in this state or you're in this country and all that that would be fantastic but i think it's one of those things like um i think you brought up a great thing with the 3d printers like corp uh, the the patents and all that the corporations or people held for them kept us you know kept us um not being able to use that technology for a while now that they're expiring uh we've got all these fantastic things and we've even had like um certain hearts and bells that have been recreated in three D that yeah. actually are being used for people to, to continue living. And yeah. you know, not just in the health aspect, but you know, it would be fantastic where, you know, all of a sudden we've got these stores, you pay you know, say so you pay ten bucks, you know, for whatever this thing is or a toy or something, and all of a sudden your printer, you know, literally prints it out. It's like how they you know, used to say the future like, you know, oh, you'll be able to buy something at a department store and it literally teleports it to your house. It might not be teleporting. We might actually be physically making it at a house now with you know 3D printers or other things. Yeah. I, I dream of a world where, and I hope I can get to see this in my lifetime. I'm trying to get to 100 years old. Uh, hopefully by year 2087, I'll be able to see this. But you know, with the miniaturization of things, I think that in, in, in across all sectors, across all things, I think we might get, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, but I, I would love to see telerobotics get to a point where I could swallow a robot pill and that robot pill can perform, you know, I can use VR as a telerobotic medium to perform surgery on my own self. Like, let's say I tore up a ligament on my knee or not even, perhaps I have a stomach ache or something in my intestines. I can swallow that pill and that pill is that robot and I'm controlling that robot and I can fix my own body with my with this with this little weird thing and then I poop it out and it'd be like, Ugh, that was gross but it was but it worked. <laughs> I don't know. I mean well, yeah, go ahead. 
That would be definitely uh, fantastic. It's basically WebMD on steroids. Yeah. <laughs> Cut out the middleman. No more doctors. We, we, we are our own, our own doctors. I, what do you th- – do you think we uh, – I mean on the more positive end of things, do you think I, – I, I, I saw a TED Talk where someone was saying that right now among us, somewhere among us is uh, or are the people that will live for 500 years. Is that science fiction, or in your mind, is that possible? Plausible? In my mind, um, I think it's possible. I think I'm either the last generation to die um, of natural causes, kind of thing, uh, at a certain age, or I'm the first generation to be able to be live longer with yeah. other technology. Yeah, I, I, man, I, I hope. Uh, are we in the same generation? I'm, uh, I'm 26. How old are you, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I'm 30. So you know we're. we're very similar. We're, yeah, more or less in the same uh, boat. So my hope is that we'll be able to print out organs. Um, and, and you know, uh, if I ever have heart failure or or penis failure, I'll be able to th- print print out a uh, 3D printed uh, penis so that I can keep using it when I'm 88. Um, and, and, and fuck like an 18 year old. I, that's my hope. <laughs> so well, see, that's that's funny. That just reminds me of an episode of Archer. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you take it off, it's cleanable. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's going to be, I, I'm, I'm excited for the future. Are you more, more hopeful, uh, or are you more excited for, you know, this, this, this inedible thing that is coming towards us? Uh, honestly, I'm more excited for the future. I mean, if you think about, you know, um, you know, uh, growing up in the 80s and 90s and you think how far technology has gone from then to now, if you think like, you know, literally 20 years ago you were using a computer that didn't really, uh, couldn't really do that much and now all of a sudden we've got this thing which has graphics that, you know, are pretty damn close to real life. They, they're, they're getting closer and closer to actually looking very real and especially when it comes to the, the 3D stuff as well. Like I remember when that um, Final Fantasy Spirit Away came out, a lot of people's reaction was it just looks so real. Yeah. certain points and that's the thing like you know and that's quite old now i think that was uh maybe 2000s maybe i'm not sure but yeah, you know even 10 years from there we've got to wear almost video games live action video games and be able to render it very close like the last of us was a fantastic game yep. and you know when you look at the quality and everything that they've got in that game it shows you that you know we've just we've just improved a hell of a lot and we've got the technology there now and i think it's one of those things where now that we've got vr we've got um We've got all these other things that are going to happen now. Like now we need new type of um, interactions and all that. You know, we need new type of interfaces. And, you know, it's just fantastic. Not just VR, we've got AR as well. And, you know, Google Glass is coming out and it's not exactly AR, but but it's a nice step towards it. And I think, you know, technology is just going to, you know, it's just going to take a breath away, you know, the coming years. The more we get older, the better we're going to be off. Do you think it'll ever get to a point? I mean, is there is there a limit as to how photorealistic it'll get? I mean, will we ever hit a technical wall? Is there something? I mean, is there something currently stopping the reason why? I mean, I just it, it's just fascinating and mind boggling to think how how far we come. I remember watching trailers and uh, for Final Fantasy Spirits Within. I, I think it was a movie, and it was and I remember how people were saying, "Is this going to replace actors?" And and no, it didn't. But you know, and the movie is fun to watch. But but look how far we come. I I just saw last night the uh, trailer for the newest Batman video game, and my girlfriend was watching it. And she's like, "Is that the next movie?" And I'm like, "No, it's the, it's the video game." But it, it just looked 
that insanely real and and so you know i just wonder like where does it end will it will it get to a point where it's really just insanely impossible to to uh distinguish uh, what i'm asking is like i wonder if we'll ever if, if we will and how long it'll take for the point at which we will have a 4k oculus rift and we will have graphical fidelity fidelity that is 10 years ahead of what we have the best of what we have now will will, will we be able to you know distinguish between reality at that point and fuck what will it, what will it do to our brains well, that's a very good thing. Um, like, think about it. Like, TV has changed the way our brains react and all that. Video games has as well. And it's one of the things we've really got no idea what's going to happen because uh, a lot of people get, like, it's the same thing. Like, before TV and all that, we had books and everyone gets so immersed in books reading and feels like they're part of the story. Now, the thing is now not just, it's not just your imagination. You're, phys you're physically seeing it, you're hearing it and all this, and possibly we might even feel it in the coming years. And, to be part of that, you know, I think it's one of those things where, you know, we will we will feel like we're part of that movie kind of stuff. And if it is photorealistic, it might be very hard to distinguish, uh, you know, between real and fake. And it's hard to say, like, uh, infinite realities. I mean, I'd love to see what that looks like on the DK2. Mm -hmm. you know, if, that, if those um, models look so lifelike, yeah. we've already got technology that scans a whole environment, makes a 3D model out of it, and does the same thing as infinite realities where it uses actual photos. For the textures, so if we can make a, an actual apartment building look that close and actually have people in there looking that close, and we actually see them breathing and possibly animation in the future, we might not be able to distinguish the difference. Yeah, holy shit, that's that's yeah, that's mind blowing to think about. You know, I, yeah, oh, man. Sorry, you were saying. Well, I was just thinking, like, um, I think one of the things is like, uh. Like, just horror, that's kind of taken the rift by storm. I remember when it first was released, everyone's like, oh, we're into relaxation all that. You know, that's perfect for what it is, but it seems like it's gone down the horror route now. <laughs> and it's one of the things, like, I, I love horror. I love horror movies and all that stuff. I don't really get scared of games, but when it's in the rift, it, it really gets to me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it's it just feels, you know, so real, even though that's the I, I thing that just shows how good virtuality can be where it doesn't have to look. It doesn't have to look real, or it doesn't have to look like real life. You can be so immersed in it that you know you literally will be scared, and hopefully, hopefully, no one will die where they're literally scared to death. But you never know. But um, even the whole that, that specters thing, you know, that was fantastic. Seeing you know a person running around as a ghost, you know, is basically you know scaring these people to to almost death, like they're scaring them so they're so still, yeah. and you know, and that kind of stuff. So. It's stuff like that where, you know, it just shows, you know, how emotional we can be in VR. And although horror is a, you know, horror is a certain thing, it would be fantastic to see what other things we can do. You to know, make, you know, like how to make someone so happy that, you know, that, um, you know, they literally got endorphins being released because they're that happy. You, I, I like that. I like the way you're thinking that. Uh, you know, I interviewed uh, Sergio Hidalgo, the creator of Dreadhalls, and I and I and I remember telling him, you know, don't take this into offense, but you are immersion of terror, and and it's <laughs> he and you know he laughed and it was great, you know, because he is. I mean, he's spreading terror across the world. Anybody who puts on the rift and goes inside that fucking you know maze, you it's just not. You will get you will get scared. It's just it's just the fact, and especially. You know, assuming you do it under the right circumstances, three in the morning, you have you know lit candles and you have uh, you know you sacrifice a baby goat, you 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 will get scared inside dread halls. It, it's just what? 
Well, I think that's why um, virtuality works so well. Like, um, like it's a lot of people that say they'll watch horror movies in the day, but they won't watch it at night. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the rift, it doesn't matter if it's day or night. You're you're seeing it in the day, you're seeing it's night. It doesn't matter. So it's it's fantastic to see people. I think it's I think it's why horror is um, popular because it's not just we like to get scared a little bit. I think it's everyone loves to see the reaction of people getting scared. I yep. think that's what just makes it so fun. Yeah, we're just monkeys all around. We we love yeah we we're bonobos uh, that love to that can't in, you know, interpret quite interpret what is this wizardry technology that we're putting over our faces and you know seeing our our brethren uh, get you know get their pants scared off of them. I want to follow up with that point you mentioned earlier about happiness and trying to emphasize bringing about happiness to virtual reality and giving happiness to people. How can that be? How can we do that? Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those things where, you know, we have to try certain things. Like, um, mm-hmm. like okay, a fantastic uh, thing is, like, there's a video on YouTube. It says, I think it's called Daddy Comedy Barn. Mm-hmm. The way that guy laughs, it cracks everyone else up. And when a lot of people watch it, they just crack up. So and it's one of those things, like, if we see someone laughing and we get the joke, um, it seems like a human reaction to join in. You might not find it as funny, but we seem to join in and get a, our own enjoyment out of it. Or if it's really funny, then, you know, it could be, you know, it could be great where, you know, all of a sudden, bam, you know, we've got so many people just laughing, laughing like, you know, laughing out loud and they're, they're enjoying themselves. Like I remember someone was saying on, um, I think it was on somebody Bruce's stream, someone was saying that they were playing a horror game and their parents were in because he was screaming mm. so loud thinking he was getting murdered <laughs> it's like two in the morning or something and he's just screaming and of course you know he's not really noticing it and they're just all of a sudden they run in and they're scared him even more because they just grabbed him like what's wrong <laughs> so you know i find that funny but you know it, i think um the guys at Riffmax, they're doing a great job where you know it's not just movies anymore they're trying you know comedy shows and all that stuff and that actually seems to be going down quite well as well. So people seem to be, you know, really enjoying it. And um, they're saying it's getting similar to, like, actually going to a comedy club so you can laugh. So stand-up comedy in VR would be, you know, one of those things where it's fantastic. Plays in VR could be really good. If we've got the whole motion suit and all that, that could be a way where people can actually glean enjoyment from all these things that they might do in the real world but might not be able to do. Like, it might not be available in Australia. It's only available in America. But if you can see these people doing it, that would make it even, you know, make it more fantastic for you to view it. That is, that is, I think that you're right. I, I think that positive social experiences inside virtual reality are a given in terms of, you know, just, just if you, how do, how do we reach happiness? How do we find people? How do we give happiness to people? I think that a, a positive social experience like the Rift Max Theater, you know, uh, I, I, I was, oh man, too bad my Rift broke the day that I was trying to get in the, get in there and go on stage and talk about the time I put peanut butter on my chest and try to catch a gra- raccoon. <laughs> but, you know, I think you're right in terms of that, um, that uh, the, the, what it is, what are the experiences? I think that social, social experiences above, above all, are are easily the easiest and the best way to, to to give people that shot of endorphins and dopamine into their brain, you know, that happiness. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the thing. We're experiencing and we're having fun, and you know, it's one of those things where you know, uh, there's nothing just because you're sitting on TV and watching like a comedy show, you laugh anyway. So there's no difference between that and VR in real life. You might get more in real life, but when you've got a more social interaction in VR, I think that will help a lot. 
and I think when it comes to VR, I think I think we're going to see a resurgence in a lot of different things. Like um, like I was talking to one of the Riftmax guys, Riftmax guys, and um, think about it, parlor games, they could become a huge thing again. Like think, let's say like twenty questions, or, or you know, um, I can't remember the the name of the game, but I think it's just called Who Am I? Yeah. Where you have like the, the thing about the head saying like I'm Michael Jackson or something, and they've got to guess and they ask the audience. Like even just simple things like that, I think those will come in, and we could actually have these family game nights again, especially if they're um, you know not even available in the same place. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic. Where you know even just you know it's like say it's three o'clock in the morning for you, you know, and it's like midday for me or something like that. The fact that you know if you're up and you're bored, you could actually go in there and enjoy and have a great night with you know all these people. You know, just it could be talking, could be doing anything, and like the same thing with the VR chat. That's purely just for people to go into this, like, cafe or museum kind of environment and just talk. So, you know, being able to do that stuff, being able to do, like, parlor games that we used to do in, like, the 1920s and 30s and that kind of stuff, you know, I think it's I think it's those little social interactions we do, we're going to bring them over to VR and allow us to do them with people from all over the world. Dude, I, lo- I love that idea. I, I was, man, is someone is someone working on that? Is someone uh, actually coming up? You know what I thought about? How how fucking amazing would it be to play Monopoly with my family? Uh, mono- you get on a Monopoly board and be the Monopoly character and play Monopoly with my family and talk shit from each other from across the board. I own three hotels. Well, you're about to walk into my space, and you know. It- Damn, you are that's genius, dude. That we are, we could bring back the board, you know, the game boards and stuff into virtual reality. Ooh, man, I like the way you think. You clever man, yeah. you. Well, think about it. Anything we do in real life, it can only it oh, well, not everything, but say 9% of we do in real life, it can be made better in VR. Like say we are playing Monopoly against each other. The thing is is that uh, we can actually have it where it looks like the animation, like a house has actually been built on this and it actually has like a whole landscape or something there mm-hmm. for that specific piece. So it's not just moving this piece around the game board, you know, and that's the thing. Game boards have actually, um, they're actually still quite popular. They've actually got a resurgence and there's a lot of great games out there like Catan, um, you know, there's uh, Ticket to Ride, that kind of stuff. Uh, there's all these board games out there that a lot of people love and they've been translated into electronic form and people love playing them like that as well. So in VR, it would be fantastic to literally have a game night where you're playing board games or, you know, parlor games or, you know, even just think about it. It would be fantastic if we could play something like uh, Tag. You know, if we yep. had a full VR suits in a warehouse, if you're running around the <laughs> warehouse against other people, it would be fantastic to be able to play tag with someone across the, you know, across the Atlantic Ocean kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it really will be, you know, if you're if you're getting huffed and puffed, you know, you're going to start slowing down. That means your avatar will start slowing down. That means someone can possibly tag you. So I think that would be fantastic. But, you know, it gives us the option to do that kind of stuff. Literally, I think the limits of this technology are the limits of our own imagination. Because Basically, that's what I'm saying. There's so many people, like that's what I'm saying, like the, the whole spectrum, there's so much in this spectrum, in the positive and in the negative, that it's going to be stuff that we don't even think about or we haven't even thought about yet. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the thing, like, you know, it's like people say, you know, um, there was a whole joke on, on uh, The Simpsons, so, you know, virtual gardening. It's one of those things, you know, you might not want to garden, but doing it virtually, it can be quite enjoyable. Same as like cooking mama series. You yeah. Know, it's not exactly the same as cooking, but, you know, just actually taking a common experience and putting it into VR really makes it uh, more fun. Agreed. Yeah, you no, know, that's why Farmville took off, and you know, uh, what's that other uh, Nintendo game? Uh, oh man, it's is. Uh, uh, 
Harvest Moon. Yep, that one. Yeah, we got that. Um, think about it. You got Animal Crossing as well. It's quite popular as well, and that's and that's a cool game because you know um, you literally got to go around. You know, there's heaps of stuff you're doing, but you've got to go around. You know. Uh, pick up stuff, sell stuff, that kind of stuff, and you're talking to animals as well instead of people. Yep. And I think it's one of those things. You've got totally different experiences. I think people were thinking talking to animals probably wasn't going to be a a game, mm-hmm. and it turns out you know it's actually quite an enjoyable game. So there's so many different things that we've been doing over the years. Bringing those into VR will make it even better. Let's talk about let's philosophize for a sec. Do you think it's cheating if if I fall in love with someone else inside VR? And and could, is it is it cheating to have a polygamous a polygamous relationship inside VR, even though there's no physical touch? I remember seeing something on the news about uh, two you know this couple that that had a divorce because the the guy got married in Second Life or he got married in in when Wow or something like that. But you know where where does this go in terms of love and virtual reality and how it will intersect with the real world? Well, I think um, I think it is cheating because um, you know that's the thing. Like you know, I you know I'm involved with my fiance, but and that's all through an LDR. All we had because you know I've I've known her for 14 years. Wow, no, 16 years now. So you know, and that's the thing. Like at first, when we first met, we we're talking in IRC, and just be able to talk, just be able to talk to someone. And when digital cameras really weren't that popular, they were quite expensive. Just being able to talk to someone that you know you could just get a sense of talking to that person, even through text. So doing through VR, I think it, it it makes it a lot easier because it's a lot easier for you to show your emotions. Like even it just think like body language, you can actually transfer body language, so to speak, in VR. And I think it is cheating because you know it's um, a lot of people call it emotional cheating. I guess you would call it, but mm-hmm. I think it is cheating because you know if I can fall in love with someone halfway across the world and all I'm just doing is seeing text, then I think it's one of those things where yes, it would be cheating because you know it's not just text, but think about all those people that, like in the First World War, they would just send letters back and forth, back and forth, and you know, that's how they, you know, that's how they met. You know, they met their person you know, that they love, and you know, when they finally met, they got married and all that. Oh, yeah. So it's one of those, I think it is a uh, thing because it's really, honestly, I think it's really anything, anything to do with um, if you do something with another person, you do with your significant other. Mm-hmm. When it comes to something very personal, I think then yeah, that is cheating. Yeah. Do you think it'll it'll change people's way of thinking about love and relationships once people you know what I what I wonder is 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 once speak once and it's a matter of when uh this technology becomes ubiquitous when when people are able to uh teleport from world to world and and game to game and you know they can uh, you know it'll just be so easy to have connection connections with so many different people and I wonder if you know, on a psychological level, whether that'll affect, you know, men's and women's brains in terms of how they view love. Because I can, you know, without having, I just wonder, like, what, you know, does mm, does love have to be physical? I wonder. Oh, and and and, and it's, honestly, I, I don't think love has to be physical. Um, it's one of those things. Uh, physical is a component, but. I don't think, um, I think it's one of those things, it doesn't have to be just having a connection. Like, you know, um, a lot of people say, you know, all humans are connected and all that, and you feel connection stronger than others. Um, so I think it's one of those things where when you've got a connection with someone, uh, it's, you know, then I think it's one of those things where, yes, you know, you you want to be with that person and, you know, love, you know, it's like love is love. 
yeah. so to speak. You know, so it doesn't matter. You know, if you fall in love and you didn't want to, and it's it's going to happen anyway. And that's like the thing about it. People get infatuated with um, like celebrities and all that just from the interviews. So it's one of those things where all we really need is just all we really need is just some type of communication with them, even if it's purely text. You know, it's one of those things that you know I think it's it's just going to get people you know um, into different situations, especially when it comes to VR because it's you know there's so much extra stuff you can do. You might not be able to physically touch, but the fact that you can actually touch their avatar which is embodying in them mm-hmm. i think that's a huge thing and i think that might play on um people's minds let's talk about war because every time i think about love there's there's the opposite spectrum is is war the, yeah. uh, in a parallel world in a parallel universe where where we get to, to a point where this thing is just insane in every and everywhere and among and between us and among us do you think we can you know, not this generation, perhaps the generation after this one or the one after this one, uh, perhaps they'll be able to have, you know, get rid of that, you know, because we're humans, we're, we, we still have that bloodlust, no matter how intelligent or intellectual or higher being you think you are, I mean, at the end of the day, you're still a primate, you're still that caveman that walked around 10, 20,000 years ago, so you still have that body, you still have you know, that, that brain more or less. So I wonder if we will be able to channel our bloodlust and our need, or I don't know if it's a need, but, but it's this, this thing that we have for war inside of VR, you know, the, I imagine if, if we could, if, if we could just only like world of Warcraft, I remember people have these clans or whatever, and, and they go at it. And, you know, at the end of the day, no one, no one dies. Uh, if if that's if that's far fetched, is that even is that am I dreaming here? Do you think that's something that we could, you know, get rid of war? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, it literally could be at the point where we're using VR to embody, say, like a robot, and um, oh, even yeah. though we might kill another robot or you know d- destroy it, uh, that's not hurting that physical person. But the whole thing is, is that um. If we just totally take humans out of the whole aspect of war, the issue is we're not just hurting the environment, we're hurting ourselves with, you know, um, all this hate and propaganda and all that stuff. And it's one of those things, there's so many things that will happen in war that, you know, we probably don't think about or we don't even realise that, you know, it's still going to affect us in psychological ways, even if, we, even if we're not actually active for part of it, like as, as physically killing people. Mm. You know, I still think it's one of those things where it will affect us. And it doesn't, I guess it doesn't matter if... Um, you know, if VR is, you know, more, I guess if VR is more, um, it's less real, so to speak, uh, and more cartoony or, you know, just looks different, uh, I think the issue is, is that uh, you're fundamentally going to know that you're obviously fighting a war, even though you're doing it from, you know, this bunker or whatever. I think the issue is, is that, uh, you know, it's going to cause an issue between people and it's just going to hurt everyone in the end. I mean, uh, it's literally the whole thing of war, what's it good for? Yeah, absolutely nothing. Do you think it's going to be, you know, I that's yeah, that's such a that's a, well, on the on the flip side of that, I play Battlefield 3 all the time and it's not and I feel fine. I I still love every human being on this planet. I mean, I mean, is there is there a line here that we can draw or is hmm I think there is a line, but I think um I think when it uh when it comes to video games and you know it's an actual game, yeah. I think that's okay, but I think when you know, realize that what you're doing is actually affecting the real world, I think that might cause an issue. Like, um, 
it'll be interesting to see like all these um, drone pilots if they if something bad happens like you know or basically they're being given wrong stuff and they accidentally kill someone it'll be interesting to see how they are affected I'm pretty sure they would be emotionally uh, linked to it and would actually you know feel horrible about it yeah you know so that's... I think there would be something linked to it so you know and that's just the drone thing so imagine if you're actually embodying this machine to to try to kill you know or kill or destroy something I think that you know I think it's still going to transfer. Yeah, and that's a very good point. I I don't know if I where I read this, but I think that drone pilots still suffer from uh, post traumatic stress disorder. They still get depressed. They still feel shitty at the end of the day. Um, man, we are just uh, all sorts of fucked up. But you know, it's it's just sad because in the grand scheme of things, what is it that we're we're fighting for in the current human condition? It's resources, and I wonder if we'll find a way. I just, I just, I'm just hoping that someone nails down the next fusion reactor or thorium reactor or some sort of infinite energy that, you know, the petrochemical companies are keeping behind wraps because they know that once that, you know, infinite source of energy gets released and the whole world will say a big fuck you to them. I, you know, yeah, exactly. I, I hope that we, we uncover something like that because the fighting over resources is so small. It, it's so, we got so many other shit to worry about. And the, you know, again, in the grand cosmic scheme of things, like I want to see the rest of the universe. What the fuck are we doing on earth all, you know, th this whole time? And, you well, know, see, I think that's the issue as well. Like, um, you know, it's like, think about it. The, I guess the spark for, you know, um, for, you know, flights into space and all that stuff and explore, Uh, it hasn't, it's died down with the public. So, of course, yeah. you know, all this money that we've got for that, it's not going towards it anymore. And I think the issue is, is that, um, you know, it's one of those things where it would be fantastic, uh, you know, when we can explore. But the issue is, is um, we've got so many other things, so many other things happening as well. I think it's, um, I think it's going to be quite a while before we can spread out into the universe. And even if we can, are we ready for it or are we ready to, be able to spread out and not cause harm to another race. I know my body is ready. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want well, to I mean, if, if you become a millionaire, you can always do the virgin, land, uh, virgin flight up into space with the stratosphere. You know, I I, I already have a I already have a way. Um, and I by the way, don't anybody who wants to do this, make sure you ask for my permission or a copyright because I'm I'm trademarking this way of getting out into the outer galaxy. I plan to upload my consciousness into a quantum computer. Um, put this uh, quantum computer inside a solar space a solar sail sort of spaceship. You know that will have you know will get um. Uh, uh, will draw energy from the solar wind, and uh, at the same time, I will pack inside a 4D printer with my genome inside, so that I will program this computer to go to sleep with my consciousness inside a 3D printer and go fucking off it to Gliese 328 or something, the 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 world with the with water, the closest world to water. Once I land, that 4D printer will uh will print out a clone of me, upload my consciousness into that clone, and voila, I will be spreading my seed. And if you ask me if I'll, if I'll get lonely, I won't get lonely because I'll print out another clone and I'll just fuck my clone and it'll be fine because, you know, I, I can fuck myself. <laughs> so, so... You well, always uh, you know, could or you could even just make, um, you know, a female version of yourself and, you know... You clever you know, man, you. Uh, I didn't think of that either. <laughs> It's like it's exactly you. You got so much in common, but it's the female version of you. But that, that would be yeah. 
you know what? That, that it doesn't have to get weird. I can do. I can have my cake and eat it. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for. <laughs> I'll just you know I'll just change the X Y to the X X chromosome on that other clone. There you go. See, I didn't think of that. So thank you. <laughs> well, I think um, you brought up a good point. Um, just in the regards to like technology improving and all that. Um, I think it's one of those things where you know if we do upload ourselves to machines or even like you know a duplicate body. Does that um, does that mean we aren't human anymore, or does that mean that you know our soul has escaped because we're missing that ingredient that we were born with? Man, that that we are walking down philosophical road. Uh, you know, in my in my view, I I just don't think there is a soul. I think we're just chemicals and you know neurons firing off in this you know three pound gray mass on top of our shoulders. And I just want to get the fuck out of here and see more than what this life has to offer on this planet. Um, you know, not that Earth. Earth is great. I love Earth and I love all the humans on this planet. But man, you know, it's just it would just it's just it just feels like I mean, I, I perhaps I live too close to the ocean because I constantly wonder, like, what is the meaning of all this? What am I doing here? What What's the point of all this? And then, you know, and then I keep close touch with the news and it's just and it just makes all of it nonsense just you know thinking about war in crimea and resource wars and climate change accelerating at a pace no one is paying attention to and human slave slavery being higher than ever before fuck that you know we can do better humanity i i, I don't know I, I it just sounds like you know we can do so much better and to say that well this is just the way it is it's that's the easy way out that's the defeatist way of saying you know i there's you know i give up i don't i don't oh, yeah, exactly that's the thing if this is the way it is and you think it shouldn't then change you know everyone says you know there might not be you know one person can't make a difference but that one person can make a difference to someone else that might give them the courage to stand up for something else and all of a sudden you've got a you know you've literally got these people believing in the same thing or thinking yes we do need to change and that's literally how an idea grows into you know it's something epic. Yeah, you know, and what I'm counting on is in, is on human reactionaryism. I just made up a word because human beings are great at being reactionary. We're not very good at being proactive, unfortunately. And and you know, we can't. We you know, even though the writing is on the wall and climate change is impending and coming on us at, at a rate and with a force that I can't predict, but I'm sure as fuck scared of it and I want to do something about it, but. You know what? What I'm waiting on is it's gonna hit hard. It's gonna smack you hard in the face, humanity. And when it it does, my hope is that you know, like always, we will react and rise to the occasion and find a way to adapt. Because we won't save the planet. It's, the planet will be fine. We'll we just have to adapt humanity to make it out out of this somehow. You know, it's just sad because you know here we are with all this abundance and all these resources and all this greatness this this planet has given us and we are just fucking it in the ass oh it is a shame but um i think it's one of those things like um we've got all these visionaries like um look at palmer he didn't create vr but he's created it to the point where you know it's usable it's really usable and affordable for everyone and you know him and the whole team there with nation all that stuff they really want to you know they really want to not just give it to to people they want it to be a stable in humanity they want it to be a thing where you know um it can help people they they realize there's so many things that can be done to 
to help people, even in the sense of, you know, uh, say you're, you know, you say you're a little bit depressed and playing a game, you know, might help. The fact that that can help and they can do it in VR, yeah. you know, that's a fantastic thing. And I think it's great that whole team, you know, um, think about it. Like with all the stuff that happened at GDC and all that, you know, Sony releasing their stuff and all these other VR headsets, you know, uh, the fact that their motto is basically, we'll help you as much as we can, we just want VR to take off. I think that just shows that they're passionate and not just a company that really just wants to, you know, cash in. They want to make sure it's right and they want to make sure that VR lives on. If their company dies, that's fine as long as VR lives on and it can help humanity. And I, I think that's a very noble goal they've got. Yeah, I think I, a lot of people don't realise, you know, that uh, there's more to them than just trying to make a headset and trying to, you know, get, you know, the market share. I agree. I, I agree. People like that. People like Palmer. People like uh, you know the, the guys at Sony, who in the, the engineers at Oculus. The, those guys are uh, they are definitely inspiring. I, you know, I, I think that they have the you know uh, uh, the greater hopefully the greater cause in the back of the heads. You know that it's not about getting chasing that dollar um, be, because at the end of the day, really, you know that dollar is can only do so much against that X class solar flare or that accelerating climate change. You know, I, I think, you know, and I think, you know, I don't mean to be doom and gloom. I think there is a way to, you know, uh, fight climate change or, or, or figure out, you know, if we could just crowdfund a billion dollar research, you know, uh, somehow, you know, we need to crowdfund like a billion dollar research project in which we will get gather and throw money at the greatest scientists on earth and tell them, dude, hey. It's it shit is real, man. You guys need to get to work. Like, come up with some energy that is, you know, beyond what we already have, and and then we'll cross over, or or something like that. Because, I mean, I I you know I I don't want to just leave it up to Google and Microsoft and the tech companies, you know, to to solve the world's ails. I figured, you know, especially at the rate that the internet is advancing and the rate we're connecting, I think that. You know, it won't be just be Australians and Americans and Nicaraguans and Canadians and Turkish people. It'll be we're humanity and we have a collective goal, which is to, you know, our, our common denominator is really all we all want just a better future for our kids and, you know, ourselves. That's, you know, I mean, there's, you know, you could be Afghani, you could be Iraqi, you could be uh, any Venezuelan or Russian. Dude, we're, we're in the same boat. We're in the same rock hurling across space and time. And we're trapped here. And this is all we got. And, you know, whatever you may, may think, I'm on your side. I, let's, let's work on this together. So... I think it's one of those things. Um, I think it's when it comes to humanity, it's a double-edged sword. You've got people that want the good and then people want the bad. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things where um, I really do love the idea of uh, literally crowdsourced or a Kickstarter of you know, a think tank. That is a fantastic idea. And that, I would love that, like, you know, a whole think tank that is being, um, you know, crowdfunded or, you know, even if it's just a thing where if they've got enough people to donate once a year, say, five bucks, they had so many people do that, it would be fantastic because think about it. We could have all this stuff that is, um, you know, public domain that can come out from these guys. These companies can make it and all that stuff. And basically whoever does the better job will be the ones that will have it. Yeah. I think that would be fantastic because, you know, there's there's so many things we can do to improve people's lives but also improve our own life or, in general, just make it easy for everyone. Indeed. 
And you know, yeah, it would just be fantastic if we had a think tank which could actually tackle this stuff, especially with the bright people that we have around. You know, there's so many bright people yet. You know, they might not have a, a an actual chance to you know use their talents. Somewhere out there is the guy or kid who has, or young girl who has the cure for cancer inside their mind, or will have the cure for cancer inside their mind. And you know, we 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 should figure out ways to, you know, give those people a chance, not a handout, a chance. Every you know, everybody just needs a chance. So exactly, and I think that's good. And I I really like the idea of this, uh, the crowdsourcing, and we could totally go a totally different round instead of money. We could literally uh, have it. Someone has an idea, and they could crowdsource it where they've literally got everyone contributing and you know doing what they can. Yeah. Some people might, you know, they might just provide support. Some people might provide an idea, and it turns out that you know that actually works perfectly well with this idea and helps it become a thing. But I think that's, I think crowdsourcing is one of those things that's come along recently that is a fantastic tool, and it gives the people the power now instead of um. Venture capitalists and all this stuff, it gives us the power to say yay or nay to these certain things. I love that idea. I would, you know, I have this, uh, well, speaking of ideas, I have a, another idea that I think I, I have an idea to redistribute wealth across the whole planet or, or render inequality uh, dead uh, in a single stroke. And it involves, again, more crowdfunding. Uh, if I can get a, a dollar or two from every person on Earth, uh, we could crowdfund a mission, a billion-dollar mission to a, the asteroid belt in which we could wrangle up an asteroid, bring it back, use telerobotics VR to uh, mine the shit out of it because the average asteroid, I believe, contains hundreds of trillions of dollars worth of platinum. Bring that platinum down to Earth and crash the world economy and render the dollar, the euro, all that bullshit you know, you know, render it irrelevant and then we'll move into the cryptocurrency and then we'll be able to, you know, uh, not have to deal with this nonsense inequality. You know, why does it have to be that these bankers and murderers and, you know, cartel people have to have the most money? This is the point at which you get assassinated. Um, why is it that they have to why is it that the world have to has to be this way why is it that every time there's a recession or a depression people have to lose their life savings bullshit it's nonsense we don't need this we can do better humanity and so you know yeah let's crowdfund an emission to the asteroid belt bring a crash the world economy and start all over again or well, thing, um, yeah. like i think um i think i read that uh basically that's that's like diamonds like they keep such a tight control of it to make it uh, the price yeah. um, for it quite high. But the thing is, is that there's enough diamonds that if they flooded the market, it, it would become a thing where it's useless. Yeah, it's crazy. There's yeah, so it, many available now, it'd just become a thing where yeah, there's, uh, the price wouldn't be worth it anymore. It's it's crazy how we humans can give inanimate objects value that that and value that can draw you know value that can make us kill. And, and hurt each other for you know it's just you know just on the fundamental level just fundamentally what is this it's a piece of rock and what are you doing with it we are exploiting children to mine it in south africa or in zimbabwe yeah you know. exactly yeah it's one of those things you know it's a horrible thing and um unfortunately it's such a big problem there's no there's no one answer yeah and it's going to be quite a while before we can even do anything to i guess even make a dent so to speak but I would love it if we could go down the Star Trek route where basically there's no such thing as money anymore, there's no use for it, and, you know, basically everything, there's services and all this set up where, you know, 
we can support everyone. There's, you know, there's places for them to live, that kind of stuff, and there's no use for money anymore. I would love it if we could actually get to that point you know, sometime in our, you know, in our history. You know, humanity. It would be fantastic if we can do it where it's literally we're working or we're doing stuff because we want to. We're not doing it to, to survive. You know, it's not money that I'm against. It's the poverty and the misery that is yeah. that is just not that is nonsense. You know, people can have money. People can have wealth and we can take care of our planet. We could we should figure out ways to have our cake and eat it because we're that smart where we are at the top of the food chain. And we've we have the. The ability to go to the moon and have this internet thing that I can't explain—it's all wizardry to me. Wizardry to me, but 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 we're still killing each other over natural gas, and we're fracking, and we're you know exploiting the Arctic. You know, it's just—it's like what you said earlier. Humanity is just—it's this duality of humanity. For every amazing, beautiful thing that we can do, we're equally fucked up. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's like a Hamlet play. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those things. I think, um, I think, basically anything. There's always going to be a, a negative and a positive to it. Mm. Like, you know, it's just one of the things. Like you know, you can do such amazing things with this, but in the wrong hands, you could do such devastating things. You know, it's it's one of those things where you know, all we can do is just hope, you know, hope and um, do our best to instill, you know, instill, um, you know. Instill correct values in the children, let them actually have a mind of their own to be able to realize, yes, this is how I want to live, you know. And what we can do is just hope that, you know, humanity get, keeps going on a, a decent path and, you know, is uh, more positive. Agreed, agreed. Uh, well, keep me posted if you ever want to crash the world economy. Matthew G, it's been a pl- <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Holy shit, you've you've been one of the people that has stru- has been been able to ride the rabbit hole with me. Thank you so much for in, in, cool. <laughs> embracing my crazy. <laughs> oh, well, thank you for having me. And you know, uh, it's one of those things. You know, it might sound crazy, but when you think about it, you know, there's certain things where you know there's always a truth to craziness. Thank you. And yes, likewise, I uh, I enjoyed our talk. Uh, how can people stay in touch? How can people uh, support what you're doing? All that good stuff. Uh, well, um, as some people might not know, I'm known as VMU Kiss on the Reddit forum. Um, just, you know, uh, you know, message me if you want to help, you know, even just, you know, words of encouragement or even people that just want to try the stuff out for me. If you've got a, I guess if you've got an ailment and you think there's something in VR that could be done or you've seen some... I guess, you know, you've seen something that's worked in the real world and you think it'll translate to VR, let me know and I'll do my best to, to try to add in there and help and do whatever I can. Or even just t- chat. I'm happy to chat. Just whatever. Awesome. I'm always <laughs> you're, you're a true scholar and gentleman of virtual reality. Matthew G., once again, thanks so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you.